0: Our first movie tells the story of a friendship behind prison walls that spans more than 20 years. Madness, Derek
1: This spell makes your little friend a big friend. You will need the following items for this spell. Pen or pencil, paper, casting instructions for make your penis big. <laughs> Write on a piece of paper, mighty water, hear my plea, add number of inches to my penis, size or girth. This may, this is my will, so mote it be. After this, oh, masturbate man. in the paper and flush it down the toilet. Good lord. I like how you tried to throw me off there, Derek, but don't I worry. I
0: tried so hard. But I didn't get far at all. At the end, it uh, doesn't even matter. But yeah, not. so if
1: you want to make your penis big, I feel like I, that's so simple I've done that on accident. You know, like, <laughs> like all I, you do is, like, you write on a piece of paper, like, hey, I want my, my dick to be big. And then you jerk off on it and you flush down on toilet. Which is, like, that's definitely something that you might have accidentally done even if you didn't
0: mean to. I mean, who among us has not jerked off on aspirations? <laughs> uh, what is this episode, Derek? Are we doing oh. something different? Yeah, well, not really. I mean, I, I I thought that oh, this is a special episode where we're not talking about the bracket. I'm going to talk in French and try to throw, throw Isabel off. But no, you gotta you gotta bring cum into it, like you always do. That's me. Ugh. I'm 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 the cum baby. That's <laughs> oh, that's that's the worst phrase I've ever
1: said. Too bad that's going to oh, be the title of the show. God. <laughs> is the title "I'm the cum baby"?
0: I'm the cum baby. Yeah, my oh, boy. I mean, not inaccurate. but... <laughs> So, as you may have uh, gleaned from the title of the show or the wildly inappropriate intro, uh, this is a special episode of the show where we're going to take, we're going to sit back, relax, let the bracket breathe for a couple weeks, and we're going to talk about where we are now. We're going to talk about the state of the podcast. We have gone one quarter of the way up the bracket for the first round. So, what we're going to do, we're going to do like a little signpost. Uh, we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna go back over the first uh, the first sixteen episodes, the first thirty two matchups. Uh, we're also going to have uh, fun with superlatives, and uh, we're also going to go into the Middlebrow madness mailbox.
1: Yeah, we got yeah, mail, we ain't have a mailbox for once. Imagine that.
0: So, um, so where we are now is we're one quarter of the way up the bracket. So that's sixteen episodes, two matchups per episode two movies per matchup. So we have covered 64 movies so far. And uh, we've declared 32 winners, so we've functionally set up half of round 2. No, that's not how that works. We've fun- nope, not at all. We've we've we functionally set up a fraction of round 2. Um so maybe I'll, so I got the bracket open, we'll just I'll, I'll just tear through these real quick. And uh, after that we'll assign some superlatives and we'll uh, have some fun in the mailbag. How's that sound?
1: It sounds delightful, Derek.
0: Okay, so we are our first episode. We were, but we babs when we started this. We weren't riffing. You weren't distra. You weren't derailing every episode, like right from the jump. uh, uh eighty-six seed Clockwork Orange defeats a one hundred and seventy-one seed Cool Hand Luke. Um, not really a whole lot to say there. Forty-three seed Back to the Future defeats. 214 scene Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Not a great showing for uh for Paul Newman at the start who would end up becoming I guess kind of a patron saint of the podcast. One of the patron <laughs> saints of the podcast? Because we've spent a non-zero amount of time on this show saying how fucking how fucking dreamy Paul Newman is. It's it's an important part of our mythology. Yeah, it's an important part of the lore how how uh like we we've, we've discussed we've discussed him and robert redford in tandem we've discussed how how dreamy these guys are but not not an auspicious start for them because the first two movies starred paul newman one of them had robert redford and neither of them went on so anyway la confidential uh the 107 seed losing to wolf of wall street the 150 seed um sure fine i mean wolf wolf of wall street is like i talked in the last episode about like uh, the uh the Venn diagram of, like, hot couch movies, uh, movies that dipshits find aspirational, and uh, dorm room movies. I think that fits two of the three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I haven't seen many Wolf of Wall Street posters in my day on on, on dorm walls because I'm not in college. Uh, let's see. Uh, seven, defeated by Paper Moon. This is one of mine. Yeah, when you,
1: it hurts a little bit, but, you know, Paper Moon was, Paper Moon was fine. Paper I, won't, Mo- I won't detest having to rewatch it.
0: Yeah, the thing with Paper Moon is like I, I have I admit that I have kind of a, a a strong affinity for it, and on the surface it's like, why the fuck do you have an affinity for this? This is almost a nothing movie. Ah. I just really like that fucking movie. It's like it's <laughs> one of those <laughs> I was I was waiting for like the, the revelation to be like, oh,
1: I was actually friends with
0: with, with I was going
1: to say um Scout Taylor Compton which is not right. Give me even Tatum a little bit. Tatum O'Neal.
0: Yes, Tatum O'Neill. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um no, I just I just really like that movie. It's like one of those movies that I can't explain why I like. I just really I just like really like it. Uh Braveheart, uh over uh over into the wild, which one of our least good matchups kind of <laughs> like, like, like movies I both have very serious problems with. Uh and like, you know, we have to like We've, we say it over and over again, we're going to have to contend with the specter of a lot of bad dudes in this in this show, and a lot of the time it's like bad dudes making good movies, because it's easy to be like, man, not only is this guy a fucking sex pest, he's a dog shit director, but, like, you had made the observation, I remember, it's like, it's like, really- It's really easy to dismiss Morgan Spurlock for sure. being both
1: a sex pest and potentially one of the worst directors of all time, but- when you've made Braveheart, Braveheart's a pretty fucking good movie. I really like Passion of the Christ. I think that Apocalypse Do is a masterpiece. Yeah. Still love those
0: Mad Max but, movies. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. There's like, and even like, like, I am going to watch Dragged Across Concrete. I will get there. I mean, I don't feel good about it, but I am going to get there. But you re- really love, like, what's his name, Zoller? Uh, I like, I, I thought, uh, yeah, S. Craig Zoller. I liked Bone Tomahawk. I think uh, Brawl and Cell Block is a masterpiece. <laughs> Um uh, I, I specifically didn't watch Brawl Cell Block
1: whatever it is 3969 99 99 no nope.
0: close Brawl cell cell and Cellblock 69 is something 69 else
1: 69 is very different movie um, Different but
0: movies. isn't it like 3 hours long or something like that Well here's the thing Let, gonna, so welcome to our Craig Zoller cast um the thing with Craig Zoller is that all of his movies are fucking long and like like just and that was, are very either, that was the paced. big
1: problem I had with uh Bone tomahawk. Bone tomahawk. I thought it was way too long.
0: Well, this is this is even more kind of a slow burn descent to hell, and the hell in question is the prison industrial complex. And also, uh, Udo Kier plays an evil abortionist. So, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Hmm. No, I'm pu- intrigued again. It's pulpy as shit. It is gnarly. It is real
1: gnarly. Okay, we can't keep doing this every every single one of these matchups. No, it's going to take six years. So, That's true. um,
0: next. So what else we got? Oh yeah, uh, speaking of ba- uh, well, not uh, uh, Unforgiven defeats Bridge on the River Kwai. Whoa, you, you skipped one. Did I skip one? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. That, uh, Cinema Paradiso defeated by a Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Then Unforgiven over Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, Lord of the Rings is this Fellowship? Yes. Uh, fellowship uh, over Annie Hall, and uh, I God. think. I mean, listen, ah, uh, bad dudes, man um three idiots i think i think if middlebrow madness has lore (laughs) it starts with three idiots because not this is like a first this is a movie of firsts this is the first movie from india that we covered on the show this Mm -hmm. is the first use of a veto uh because because like we didn't know anything about this movie coming into it and i watched literally never heard of it and i can't and i watched it flabbergasted by it and what (laughs) but what flabbergasted me the most is that isabel adored this movie enough to use a veto on it over sherlock
1: jr which is a great movie incredible film but no, three three
0: days has Rancho has wormed his way into my heart. Like like we talked about how Paul Newman is one of the patron saints of the pod. Amir Khan is one of the others. Yes. Um. So what a Mount Rushmore that would be. It's wild. Um, Modern Times over. Uh, like not only that, it robbed it robbed us of a uh Keaton Chaplin matchup because the next one right after that was Modern Times over Maltese Falcon. Uh, mm-hmm. the Mads, Mik- uh, Mads Mickelson vehicle, the hunt over the general, Buster Heaton not doing really well. Yeah.
1: Shut out of the fir- of the second round completely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I, f- I fear it's going to happen to the homie David Fincher. Um, a spirited away over a Wednesday, uh, Ghibli very well represented and it's going to get a couple of movies into round two. I guarantee you. Once upon oh, a time. Yes. Once upon a time in America over in the name of the father, uh, Pats of Glory defeated by Passion of Joan of Arc. Uh, What else? Raging Bull in my first veto over Howl's Moving Castle. And one of the more contentious pairings, uh, I think, between me and you.
1: I don't care for that film. Um, But, you know, that's the rules of the podcast. I agree to this. So I have to fucking watch Raging Bull again. But, you know, maybe I'm genuinely here. Let me be totally genuine. (laughs) No irony for a second. I hope that in the second time I see what other people see in it. I don't think I will. But and I, I at least hope that I don't have to have a knockdown dragout fight over the next winter winter light
0: like all i have to do is think that raging bull is better and it moves on
1: i'm already like upset for like i'm preemptively upset over the fact that that will probably happen
0: actually here's the thing that i don't know if we've established on the Middle Brown madness tablets can we use a veto what happens if you use a veto on a ringer
1: you can't you can't you cannot – unless, unless both of us unanimously agree that a ringer moves to the next round, it's got to be cut. Otherwise, this whole thing would just be ringers. Uh, By the final that's, rounds, that's all it is.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, It's – got to make it tougher for our babies. That's true. So that's going to be a real interesting one to see. Like, if for some reason we stop releasing episodes around the beginning of <laughs> round two, you'll know why.
1: <laughs> because Derek and I have never, are never going to speak to each
0: other again. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. It's like – I will – like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like stars on Earth, the second Amir Khan vehicle uh, in our bracket, not as successful because it lost out to Tokyo Story, even though it was the favorite. Yeah, uh, but I skipped uh, Schindler's List. Uh, uh, being defeated by Winter Light, your your first ringer. Mm-hmm. So then we have like stars on Earth defeated uh, by Tokyo Story, Whiplash defeated by Prisoners, and one of the more uh, Prisoners is such a weird movie. I've not stopped thinking about it since we talked about it.
1: Maybe it's secretly a masterpiece. Probably not. Most it's of that movie not. doesn't fucking work at all. But no, it's mov- interesting.
0: That movie is like comically lugubrious. <laughs> um,
1: but but, but l- l- the first l- the christening of the dungeon movie. Even if
0: Seven was definitely our first dungeon movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the du- like the dungeon movie is like uh, we can't attribute a face to that, but that's also definitely part of the lore. Um, uh, a separation defeated by the elephant man. Um. Actually, you know what, I, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not going to be talking about, this is not, like, I don't have any negative superlatives, but I think if we had most overrated movie, I think A Separation might be it, that we've covered so I think far.
1: I, I'd agree. Uh, like, seven, um, I, like, like, I was expecting to go into that movie loving it, because I love Iranian films, I've heard nothing but incredible things about that movie, but it mm, didn't work for us. It was, It, okay. it was a good movie.
0: I, I, but it kind of lost me the more it kept going on. Yeah. But uh, in any case, uh, and uh, in, in the next one, I think we have probably the most lopsided <laughs> matchup that we've had in the first, uh, in the first part of our bracket. Uh, seven Samurai easily handi- uh, handling Gangs of Wasipur. Well, our most lopsided non-ringer. Yeah, one, our most uh, lopsided non-ringer. Because
1: Winter Light uh, was definitely more lopsided than uh, – because that was number six versus number 150-something.
0: Yeah, not necessarily in terms of seat, but definitely in terms of quality. Certainly, certainly. This is one that I'm still pissed off about. <laughs> okay. Your name defeating Gone Girl. Not that I don't did, think that your name I is great because it that, is. Or was
1: that, no, no, no. That no. Agreed upon?
0: I think that was agreed upon. I think, um, I think there was some attempt at metagaming and I told myself I don't yes, think I, yes, yes, yes. I don't think I I don't think I like my thinking was you were going to use a veto on it more than I wanted to use a veto on Gone Girl. And I don't know how that shook out, but... Oh, like I, remember, it, I remember what
1: happened. I, <clears throat> I basically made you keep talking about it until you decided to just give it to me, because if you, I was waiting for you to use a veto so I could use a veto against you, and we could go and use
0: all of our vetoes. Right. You wanted to use a nuclear option. I was like, no, yes. I mean, we're only one quarter of the way up. Um, but yeah, because I, I don't want David Fincher to get shut out. <laughs> and I we'll, think he might. We'll see. We'll see. Um... But your name is a phenomenal film. I don't know how well it's going to do against Apocalypse Now, which I is do. the film it's against. But we'll I mean, get I that, know we'll you get do. <laughs> I know you do, but this is a two-person operation as well.
1: Because um, I, I like—I'm not like dour and depressive like you, liking Apocalypse Now. I like my fun movies, my you fun are a- melodramas for teens. You
0: are a liar.
1: <laughs> um, but yes, Apocalypse Now beat Before Sunrise. Thank God, it beat
0: Before Sunrise. I mean. Like, i mean i'm I'm the the link later booster on the on the pod uh I mean apocalypse now is a better film in almost every way <laughs> yes I mean that's not that's not that's just, that's just facts you know um uh all about Eve over a beautiful mind wow what a matchup that was two best parts one,
1: one of our more like oh I guess we're gonna move one movie forward just because we hate the other one
0: well i I liked all about Eve but it's like yeah, it it's was good It's a soft like, but it's like – it was the first time we had two Best Picture winners uh, against each other. And yeah, I mean – I think it was – yeah, I think it is kind of like not because All About Eve is like a masterpiece. It's because a Beautiful Minds kind of dog shit. (laughs) I I believe I called it morally objectionable. Morally morally reprehensible, I believe, is the term you used. Um, What else do we have here? We have – ah, this is one that probably ruffled the feathers of some uh, first-year film students uh inception defeating eight and a half which i stand by i, agree. I still think I, that's true I, I still think that's correct i still think that just by like the slimmest of margins i think that's correct like and felini got his due later on so yeah can- having seen knights of cabiria afterwards casts uh eight and a half in a slightly different light i still think inception edges it out just a little bit yeah agreed uh full- oh this was tough for me uh full metal jacket defeated by fargo
1: I think that's our most evenly matched matchup of two movies that are both masterpieces.
0: I think so because I think those are both five star movies for me. Yes, uh, City Lights defeating Monsters Inc. Uh, the Sting being defeated by No Country for Old Men. So for for the amount that we talk about Redford and Newman, they're only one for, like like Newman's only one for three. God, well, that's that's rough. Because The Sting's great, but it's no No Country. The Sting is a great movie. Yeah. Oh well, you know, Leon the Professional. Probably the movie that took the biggest tumble for me, as far yeah. as uh, uh, being defeated by Knights of Kiberia. and I'm pretty sure that even if I didn't have like the sort of the res- the, the new reservations I have about that movie, uh, Kiberia probably still would have won. Then we have uh, Dark Knight Rises defeated by Andre Rublev, uh, Wall E defeated by the Truman Show, um, Chinatown winning over The Great Escape, and. Perfect Blue defeating Godfather, uh, Godfather Part Two. Suck it, boomers. Whew, a lot of a lot of good movies there, Derek. A lot of a, movies, but a lot of really good movies. Some here's the thing with this list is that this is like you might as well call this the list of the 250 most overrated films of all time. <laughs> but a lot of these are really good, and a non like a non-zero amount of them are fucking masterpieces. A couple of them are not great. A couple of them are like very overrated, but Like, I made, like, the run that we watched, like, for this current batch of episodes that we're watching, I watched Great Escape, which is the only movie I didn't really like of all those. I also watched Chinatown Godfather 2, Perfect Blue, and the four movies we're talking about in the next episode. I had a great time with all of those. That was a fun day at the movies. A lot of, it's, we're going
1: to get to um, my favorite um, example of this later on. Where like, so Casablanca is on this list. Mm-hmm. and Casablanca is the most cliche thing to say is one of the best movies ever but also the movie, that movie fucking owns it, it, uh, it, it, it's, a it's really going up against movie. Barry Lyndon which is going to be oh, I haven't seen Barry Lyndon I'm fascinated by how that's going to end
0: up I'm interested because I think that that's like the hipster pick for best Kubrick but it's fucking yeah, phenomenal
1: I've heard amazing so, things about it and I've heard that there's lots of uh, c- uh, like candles
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it, it was shot with, with all natural lighting don't you know so shall we move on to superlatives
1: uh sure yeah we uh we all came up with a couple uh we have one that we share between us but the rest of us were uh we're being loosey-goosey and just deciding our own the one that we shared between us is best best new to me film right which i think we should do last
0: yeah yes okay so um so i'll allow you to to uh to to do the honors to kick us off
1: okay i mean i'll start with uh my one maybe my, my most sincere one which is biggest surprise is it has to be three idiots three idiots um, is a movie I- i'd i'd never <laughs> heard about i'd never knew nothing about i literally had no fucking clue what could have happened with it and then i ended mm-hmm. up adoring the movie i was so charmed by it i'm so excited to watch it again i'm going to buy it on blu-ray I'm, the only reason i haven't yet
0: is because i'm moving and i don't want to get more shit to carry around with me but so yeah it's like like we started obviously with like the first uh th- like the first matchups in the bracket uh we started off with our zeroth episode where we laid out the groundwork this podcast really began with three idiots like, if I were agree. to say, where would you where would you start? Like, do you start from the start, or where would you start to like get a good idea of what this is as a show? The Three Idiots episode is definitely this is where our the show kind of coalesces into what it kind of is now. So it was also was that there was a
1: couple episodes after I started introducing. Is that is that where I read the fan fiction for the first time? Where was that? I think it's so. episode seven, right?
0: That's episode one, two, three, four, and uh, uh the three idiots episode is episode five. Gotcha. And um, I don't remember what the.
1: Uh... No, it wasn't because it was the next episode. Because I, it was a Chaplin fanfic, and you were like, "We're not even doing Chaplin this episode because we did it the last episode." Right. But either way, okay. if, if you want to get your friends started, start them with the three idiots episode, or maybe the uh, fan fiction episode, and move on from there. <sighs>
0: Yeah, the the show begins with three idiots, but like the bits start taking off on episode six. Yeah, I,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say something genuine for a second, which I, okay. I usually don't do, but I'm gonna say something very genuine. I am very happy with the fact that we've gotten better at podcasting. Yes, the, not, not not the first episodes were terrible; they were perfectly mediocre. But I think that we have genuinely gotten to be better podcasters. And we've developed much more of a rapport, and we have more bits and things to do now. And I feel like. This is now a podcast that I'm comfortable saying that I am, like, I, I, I'm happy to recommend to people. Be like, hey, I do this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's a blast. It's really fun to do.
1: Yeah. So um, good job, Derek, and lesser job yeah. <laughs> to me, even though I did start just reading w- wild shit for no reason.
0: I mean, to be fair, a lot of the, like, there are people who listen to the show who listen because of the wild shit that you read. That's like a good hook, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think that it also, like, loosened us up and made us more comfortable just, like, doing what the fuck ever.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the like the real the real reason it's like we start off with just wild shit and then that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the episode. Um so actually I also had biggest surprise on my list of superlatives and I actually had a tie between three idiots because I agree it well not it, it kind of like opened up it kind of recalibrated how I viewed the bracket because I didn't think this bracket was going to offer many things in terms of surprises. And Three Idiots was like, uh, uh, you have no idea what you're (laughs) in for for some of these. And so, yeah, and like, it kind of like, uh, it gave, it gave us, it gave us lore. It gave us, (laughs) it gave, it gave us a story. It gave us an origin story, exactly. But my other one was The Truman Show because I had, I had written that off as like, Whatever, that's a movie that exists. But no, it's like, it's Peter Weir, Jim Carrey, and Andrew Nickel all operating at like the peak of their powers. The movie's great. Uh, and I was like really surprised by it. And we had a very fruitful, very deep discussion about the nature of like perception and God. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that makes for good podcasting, or at least I would think it's good podcasting the same episode that we
1: talked about ecology for like half hour with Wally.
0: That's a wild episode. That's another yeah. good one. Um so ba, 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 ba. So uh, so yeah, if you want to no. go f- if you want to go for another category, but my guess. Yes.
1: Um so uh for most plot, I am nominating <laughs> <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises for the having most, the most plot. plot. Not necessarily <laughs> the best plot, not the most interesting sure. plot or the most well-rendered plot, but it's certainly I think I think I can say without qualification that it has the most plot of anything we've watched, we watched so far. It's a rough of- king of incident. <laughs> Often to its own
0: detriment. Man, uh, that movie is way worse than I thought it was. It didn't age well, even though it's only a few years old. Yeah. Um, I would say, the only thing I would say to that is Gangs of Wasseypur" got robbed. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to push that movie out of my mind whenever I can. Sure. I mean, if oh, God, what a turd that
1: was. <laughs> that movie was not good. Well, I mean, the wild thing is there's people that like i've had people like on twitter be like oh i love that movie like they not saying to me but that i i think when i posted oh i'm gonna watch gangs of I, mul- multiple people re- responded like oh that movie's amazing it's one of my favorite movies to watch and i don't i'm very happy for you but i don't understand it at all
0: it's like it's like gangs of vasi is like a chaotic and torpid five and a half hours <laughs> God. Uh, so, what's
1: your next? Put that approach? on the
0: fucking box. Um, my uh, my uh, my category is the David Fincher Memorial Award for movies that will not get into the second round, even though I really wanted them to get into the second round. And uh, the movie in question is Gone Girl. I think that's like the best movie that. that it's like I. That's my greatest fear is that one of my favorite working directors is going to get like just a like just a goose egg in round one. So I'm going to establish so, this award
1: in his funny name. Funny enough. Um, I have a <laughs> uh, superlative called Movie I'm Saddest to Leave Behind, and it's Gone Girl. There we go. Uh, because that I, that was genuinely difficult. Like, that was a hard matchup, and I've thought about Gone Girl like a bunch since watching it. I'm actually writing a piece on it right now for a, uh, a series that I plan to do for Din the House Lights. Sure. It's a great movie. I really can't wait to watch it again, but it just had the misfortune of going up against your name, which is a movie that it moves past all logical, like, centers of my brain and mm-hmm. just purely, like, in how it feels and how it makes me feel. I can't deny it.
0: Ah, Gone Girl rules so hard. I can't believe it lost. Great movie. Um, incidentally, I do have a specific category that's not David Fincher-centric that's called Best Movie to Lose in Round 1. Uh-huh. Which, since I already gave Gone Girl that award, I didn't give it this award as well. And the two that I put were Full Metal Jack and Maltese Falcon.
1: Yes, both excellent films.
0: Because these movies rule so hard, but they were just up against movies that ruled just a little harder.
1: Yeah, just I think a teeny tiny bit. Those matchups are some of the hardest ones we've done.
0: Like uh, Full Metal Jacket lost to Fargo, and I believe Maltese Falcon lost to Modern Times. So yeah, yes. not not so just just bad beats. Just some, the bracket doesn't care,
1: which is part of the fun of doing it this way. Because if we were just. I- if we were just to do this, like here, let's choose, let's watch all these movies and choose which ones is the best. Those movies would all make it way past like where they are right now. But mm-hmm. the bracket never lies, right?
0: The bracket never lies, um, except so, except for when shit loses in round one due to like a weird technicality. I, th- I think we both have one superlative besides the final one, right? Left. Yes.
1: Okay, so mine was a film that most maybe want to take a shower after watching it which goes to prisoners? Leon the professional.
0: Oh, okay, sure.
1: Which is sure. uh who boy. That's a movie that yeah. I I have not stopped thinking about but in a very negative way and it's kind of made me reconsider whether I like Luke Besson at all, which is rough because I fucking love Fifth Element and Lucy. Like too like, Yeah,
0: those are those are good movies, but
1: man, that movie really kind of uh took all the shine off that apple and then learning more about him as a human being, uh, it's it was bad news. I'm not happy about yeah. it,
0: and I'm – yeah, yeah, rough, rough stuff. I just realized that one of my superlatives uh, is a movie that we haven't covered yet. Nailed so, it. Um, I am going to have – Best movie we haven't covered yet. Yeah, well, best movie I haven't covered yet is probably 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's not really I mean, a I'd, secret. I'd say pr- probably Princess Monomelka, but that's fine. Uh,
1: are we going to get into that fight now? <laughs> Instead of like in round six or whatever it actually happens?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess.
1: I mean, I, mean we, I don't think that there's much. I don't think there's much benefit in doing it now. But I'm just going to say that I think that Princess Princess Mononoke is one of my favorite films of literally all time, like top ten easily. And I think that what it has to say about the environment and about the way the humans interact with the environment and the the lack of distinction there should exist between the environments and people and the deep ecology that it brings to it and the anarcho-communist leanings it brings to it. I think it's one of the most profound and beautiful films ever made. And I think the 2001 is a fu- is like a top twenty movie. Is the problem like top twenty thing, versus the top ten?
0: 2000, 2001, I think, maybe a top five movie for me. Oh, well, that's the thing for Whereas, me. So when we get to the thing, we'll also have that fight. I mean, this is the thing about the show: is that it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. <laughs> we can we can kind of agree on a lot of these. Like, there's only been a few matchups where we've been completely at odds, but. Like, round three, round four, it's going to be, like, who the fuck are your darlings? (laughs) Like, you're going to have to kill some movies you love. And see, the best part
1: about that is, like, around either round three or round four, I was going to say that we should stop
0: having vetoes, because that makes it too easy. I think, well, my my thinking for vetoes is that uh, every new round, like, like, because we have four vetoes now, right? So next round we get two, and then we get one round three, and then we're done? I think that would be a good way to do it, because round, in round four... The ostensible non veto round. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 15, probably. 16 matchups. 32 yeah. movies. That's a lot of movies to go without vetoes. So here's my, here's my thing. Here's what I'm suggesting we have four for this round, three for the next round, two for the next round after that, one for the next round after that. And then once we hit the sweet 16, it's going to be no vetoes.
1: That, that that that's totally fair although it's it's rough looking at this like hearing that and knowing oh so round four i basically don't have a veto because i'm already know what i'm using it for is uh difficult
0: yeah well it's you know it, it gives a new dimension to meta meta metagaming it sure does uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna call an audible and go with a movie i liked the most upon rewatch uh relative yes. to the time that i watched it the first time and i'm gonna go with lord of the rings the two ta- uh lord of the rings fellowship the fellowship of the ring because i liked it fine when i watched it the first time i thought it was a superlative fantasy film the second time
1: yes it made you want to get a van and like paint a wizard on it oh like i don't already want
0: a van to paint a wizard <laughs> <on it.
1: laughs>
0: um, um so it leaves us with best new to me movie best new to me now i've seen a lot of these and i'm sure you have too before yes certainly so, what's your best uh, what's your best new to me?
1: My best new to me is I think the only new to me film that I gave a perfect 5 stars on watching it for this podcast, which is Tokyo Story. Tokyo Great Story movie. um moved me really deeply. Uh, I think that it is it made me go immediately want to watch more Ozu, obviously. Sure. Um but the way that it depicts just the sadness of being alive and the disappointments, like that's the movies about disappointments and about uh, the things that you can't change and the fact that sometimes life is just, it's just that and you can't really. Sometimes do it's a bummer, man. Um, was really incredible. And I think that the way it's set up and the way it's structured so perfectly makes that hit in a way that is really devastating to me. And I, I'm, I'm both looking forward and not looking forward to watching it again. Because I know it's going to wreck me again.
0: Yeah, it's not a fun movie to throw on. And here's the thing. It's up against prisoners in round two. So that's a hell of a doublet. God, just sit in your house all day depressed. Sitting in your dungeon. <laughs> uh, so my, best new to me, my favorite new to me movie, uh, unfortunately, it's not Tokyo Story because I had already seen Tokyo Story. Um, my favorite one is Godfather 2. Godfather 2? interesting godfather 2 because here's the thing i had you not seen seen, that before that's wild i had not seen that before and it's well i i love bummer character driven painterly operatic 70s movies and you know coppola with his fastball this is the third in his god run in the 1970s before apocalypse now um i guess technically, it could be Apocalypse Now because uh, I had already seen... I had seen the Redux version first. It's the first time I was seeing the like the, the theatrical cut. So, on a technicality, it could be Apocalypse Now, but I'm going to stick with Godfather 2. Man, Coppola's owning your heart. I, I really to like fair, Frank Coppola's movies.
1: He's a very good director, and I say that as a hipster asshole. <laughs> as I someone mean, who says that Twixt is my favorite Francis Ford Coppola movie, I still think that Francis Ford Coppola
0: is a fucking incredible director. Like... Like I don't want to make bold pronouncements because that's your department. It's like you might be the only person in the world with that opinion. No, no, no. no.
1: There's there's other people who are massive fans of that movie. No, 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 not that they like it,
0: that it's their favorite. There's got to be one. I believe in I believe in it. If your favorite Frank Coppola film is Twix, please email us. Please email me so we can be best friends. <laughs> please please like you know hit up Isabel at Space Jam Fan on Twitter so you can so you can like have your own little Twix booster club, so Ugh. so so those so are our little superlatives.
1: What? What are we doing next? Viewer mail, baby. Oh yes. Uh, so we actually got viewer mail. I th- when I say that it sounds, against, like that it sounds sad.
0: Against, <laughs> against all odds. odds.
1: Um, and I'm going to split it up actually into a couple episodes because it's a it's a pretty long email. Um, but the one thing I wanted to do today was kind of brought up in the email itself. So this is an email from I believe you pronounce as Hirsch. Hirsch, if you're listening and I pronounced your name wrong, I apologize. H-E-R-S-H. Would would you say Hirsch? I would say Hirsch. Hirsch, okay. Um, Let us know if we're wrong, Akka, because we will will change that pronunciation as soon as we can. So... You know where to find us. um, Hirsch sent us a very nice email uh, that we're going to get into parts of in future episodes. But the one I wanted to get to today, the part that I wanted to get to, um, is Hirsch happened to say this. uh, Before we announced this episode was ever going to happen, Hirsch sent us an email that said... Hey, by the way, at some point, like halfway through round one, maybe you could do a little intermission episode and talk about whatever or answer listener questions or something just to break up the format. For instance, and then Hirsch has a couple questions for us. So I think this, this is a perfect time to get some of those questions out of the way. Sure. So number one, Derek, what movies were you obsessed with as a kid?
0: Oh, um, let's see. Uh, my mom was pretty dutiful about buying us those Disney clamshells that they kept releasing as movies came out. So like, Pretty much everything Disney made between, like, 1991 to 1999, so roughly between Beauty and the Beast and Mulan, I was pretty dutiful about watching. But, like, I got into some- you a hunchback, Stan? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I was not uh, hip to the problematic elements of it because I was a dumb shit kid. (laughs) Um, But, no, no, from, like, yeah, everything from, like, Beauty and the Beast to, like, Mulan, which I think is 91 to 99. But I had, um, I had some weird ones, like some of the movies, like, okay, uh, like during my like late, like in my tween, early teen years, uh, my uncle had given us a bunch of his VHS collection, but my uncle isn't exactly what you would call a cinephile. <laughs> so we'd watch a lot of like Grease 2 and Mannequin and Howard the Duck. I've seen Gosh. Howard the Duck like, I've seen Howard the Duck like 20 times. And I don't so really haven't really on it. Derek
1: the man he is today.
0: But like I also watched, um, I also watched a lot of the Don Bluth movies, like the late Don Bluth movies, like Pebble and the Penguin and Anastasia and stuff. The classics, uh, only the best. classics. And uh, I watched the um, fuck the um, I think it was a DreamWorks movie, The Road to El Dorado. Remember this?
1: Um, I've never seen it, but I remember seeing uh, previews for it on a bunch of VHS it's, tapes I
0: had. It's Kevin Klein. And uh, it's Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh who play two con men who sort of stumble their way into the lost city of gold and Rosie Perez is there somehow. That sounds fun. Anyway, I mean, I, I, I watch it a lot. Um, I think there was, there was also a stealth blowjob joke in that movie that was pointed out to me many years later. And that that um, was
1: DreamWorks actually made some fucking good movies like uh, they, in, in, that, in that period. So they made The Prince of Egypt, which I think is actually genuinely great. The Rotel Bravo sounds really fun. Chicken Run, which is severely underrated, really fun. Chicken movie. Run's pretty dope. Uh And Shrek. Shrek, Shrek.
0: At, Shrek that I that I have said on this show should have won the Academy Award for best uh, yes for best uh, for for best animated film the year it lost to Monsters Inc. You say Fuck also it away. It's all about Shrek. Uh, that was, <laughs> wasn't that a couple years before? That was two thousand one. It wasn't Shrek two thousand
1: three. Um, nope. Oh. Two thousand one. Oh shit. Wait a so you wanna take back what you said now? I'm I'm looking up uh, a, maybe, maybe maybe they got like the years different because like uh there was okay, so they put Spirit away in two thousand two, probably because that's when the American release oh. was.
0: There we go. That'll do it. And, shit, in two thousand
1: one, no. Shrek was up against Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Monsters Inc. So uh okay, so, not no, the winner's yeah. Um
0: also uh, I guess sort of lateral recommendation uh go shrek. look up shrek well shrek Retold. Yeah, look up Sh- shrek Retold, exactly which is a phenomenal piece of like sort of uh, animation patchwork from from all manner of amateurs and uh, and fans yes um it's it, it's more than a meme is what i should say i hope that someone says that's me on my, on my wedding day one day
1: <laughs> uh, so what were the movies that you were obsessed with as a kid as i mean the big one is jurassic park I've sure. watched that movie. I could quote that entire movie to you front and back, um, which when I watch it with people, I have to literally stop myself from doing because otherwise I will just naturally do it because I know the whole thing. Um uh, My best friend in the whole world, Jen, she actually bought me, I think it's 22 copies of, v- of VHS copies of Jurassic Park that I currently own. And I one time owned all of VCRs. them at once. What? They also own 22 VCRs yes yes i can play all of them at once but no i i spent shit. three days when i had a day off one time just watching jurassic park over and over i watched every single vhs tape and it was still fucking amazing by the end of it but um uh i also wow. weirdly i wasn't so much into movies as a as a little little kid i was really into educational shows um the thing like i Magic watched Tales or some shit no uh the thing i watched over and over was called kratz creatures
0: Oh, I remember Kratz Creatures. Yeah. I watched that shit it too. It
1: later became, uh, Zubamafu after one of the Kratz Creatures yeah. I believe. Um, and now, I, now, no, I, one of the, the taller Krat is still doing a thing. Oh, I don't know what their names are anymore. Well, I don't, either way. Um, but Kratz Creatures, I had like so many, we had that old, uh, we had one of those TV entertainment units where the, there was doors in the bottom and they swung out and the doors had places to put VHS tapes. I had one sure. side of that completely filled with Kratz Creatures VHS tapes. And I watched them yeah, I watched, all the fucking time.
0: Yeah, I catch that on like the on the post school uh, programming block, but I didn't ever had the tapes. Yeah.
1: and then I also had um a couple eyewitness tapes, uh with that vaporwave ass opening and everything. Sure. I remember I had a dinosaur tape that was um there was a song in it that a dinosaur sung about how sad it was that he'd gone extinct. Oh my god! <laughs> but I, I cannot for the life of me remember what this thing actually was. If you actually, I think it was a crocodile that sung the song. Not a dinosaur. If you remember, if this rings a bell to you, please contact me. Um, but as far as movies, like those are the big ones. Um, Star Wars, I watched a lot, but I played, I played more Star Wars video games than I watched movies. Sure. Um, and what else? What else? What else? This is a weird one just because my parents liked it a lot. Uh, so I watched it a ton of times. Is the, uh, movie French Kiss? Are you familiar with the Meg
0: Ryan and I believe Kevin Klein movie? Um, is that the one where the the poster is like them on a bench. Yes. And it's like Yes, Meg Ray and Kevin Klein from nineteen ninety five,
1: where Kevin Klein, <laughs> where, uh, Kevin God, Klein a plays a French one. man. Oui. Uh it is it's a movie.
0: It exists, it happens. Oh, here's here's one here's something that you jostled Yes. Like you jo- uh the the literal ass movie Sliding Doors I watched a lot of. Really the Paltrow. Yeah. That's one of those I things like, like, like I know the um
1: like cultural touchstone, but I never have met anyone who actually like watched the movie.
0: It's fine, I guess. I haven't watched that movie in like twenty years. You prefer Run little, Run Lola Run. I mean, yes. Um yeah, um God, who's in that fucking movie? Is that like the dude from The Mummy and Gabriel Byrne, I want to say? John Hannah. No, it's not Gabriel. John Hannah, yes. Oh the, the, the uh, who's the other guy that's in that? John Lynch looks like oh, pro- Triplehorn pro- is in that movie. Shit. Uh oh, Gene Triplehorn's in that? Yeah. From Basic Instinct. Huh.
1: Yes. G- yeah, um, GN. Well, I'm a, I'm a fool. That's fine. It's okay.
0: Um, But yeah, Um, also, uh, God, I just like, um, my sister, like, also just by dint of the fact that I was like an older brother to a slightly younger sister, I watched a lot of the movies that she was watching. So I saw Coyote Ugly a bunch. <laughs> it's a very questionable choice for a child. <laughs> God. Um, But also uh, uh, Spice World. Gotcha. I also, for the um, record, I
1: watched the original Mummy movie quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Brendan Fraser Mummy, which I'm yes.
1: convinced holds up. It's an ex- it still is an excellent film. There's some it's maybe slightly more like like colonialist than you want it to be. Yeah, retrograde. <laughs> yeah. But um a, I mean, a movie with Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, uh, and what's his name? Uh, the guy I really loved. The first here's a fun fact. We're getting completely off topic, but the first man I ever had
0: a crush on, where
1: is his name? Hold
0: on. We're looking this up. The guy who played the guy who plays like the, the, the pharaoh or uh, Oded, Oded Fair. Oded
1: Fair. He plays, um, Ardeth oh. Bay. Do I need to send you a picture of this person? Hold on, I'm looking it up. Oded Fair was also in Charmed later on, for what's worth.
0: Were you, were you a Charmed girl?
1: I loved Charmed. I watched Charmed all the time.
0: And also, John Hannon was in, uh, was in, uh, The Mummy.
1: Yes. Here we go. I'm pulling up the the picture of him in The Mummy. I'm sending it to you via Slack. This is great podcasting. There you go. Oh. Oh, yeah, I remember this guy. Yes. Very attractive young man. Well, I guess <laughs> very attractive man at that point. He wasn't so young, but still. Oh, dead fair. Good job being the first guy I ever had a crush on.
0: Uh, I've got a boring answer for that. It was Christina Ricci because the first movie, uh, the first movie I saw in theaters was Casper. So
1: <laughs> I feel like she, I, I watched Casper a I, lot as a kid. So I feel like that was probably also in my wheelhouse somewhere. But the first like girl I can remember having a crush on was F- Fran Fine in The Nanny, or Fran Drescher, obviously as the actress. Fran Drescher who still fucking rules Fran Drescher should be in more shit. She's awesome.
0: My first real exposure to Fran Drescher was, she was in UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic. I was going to say, it was probably, knowing you, it's either Spinal Tap or UHF. Yo, I watched UH, like, UHF was one of the first DVDs <laughs> I owned, and I burned the shit out of it. I watched it so much. Like, like my header on Facebook, a Facebook I never use, is, <laughs> is, a, is a shot of Weird Al Yankovic just kind of staring blankly, because he's looking at burgers, 'Cause he's like he's like a this is early in the movie, he's like working as a as a as a as a cook in like a fast food restaurant. And my mother, when I change it, she's like, Oh, I remember that image from when you were a child, because <laughs> I watched UHF a lot. A lot. The first that movie fucking rules, by the way. Here's a movie that doesn't rule. Um I the
1: first DVD I can remember owning, which is relatively later it was a little later into the DVD cycle. I had a VHS player for a while, but the first DVD player sure. I or DVD I ever got that i can remember is Dreamcatcher, the stephen king movie oh shit which is not a good movie not good by all accounts um also has one of the more offensive depictions of someone with a mental disability that i've ever seen oh boy uh, who's a literal alien
0: oh man Ugh,
1: rough rough stuff but there is a part where um uh what do you call it uh there's a lot of really good actors in that. It's a weird thing because Timothy Oliphant is in that, Morgan Freeman, uh, Thomas Jane, Damian Lewis, but uh, Jason Lee,
0: also Danny Wal- uh, Danny Wahlberg. Who? Yeah, but he plays uh, the uh,
1: hmm, he plays Duddits, and Duddits. Um, we have some problems with Duddits now that we're woke. We have a lot of problems with Duddits. They put the word "dud" in his fucking name. Yep. But there's this is more important. Um, Timothy Oliphant at one point, <laughs> um, gets an alien who. Like drills into him him through his asshole.
0: Oh right. Oh god, yeah. that
1: seems that seems uncool. It was a good. It's I'm I was, I'm just about to say it's a good movie. It's not. Uh, but I mean, as a kid, I liked. I, I love Stephen King. I liked the fact that they were weird ass aliens and there was a lot of gore in that movie. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is this is for
0: me. Also, Morgan Freeman says the fuck word in it, so. Uh oh yeah uh, my favorite actor growing up was like 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 many young men my age uh was Jim Carrey so that god run between Ace Ventura and like uh like I guess I guess liar liar my parents hated Jim Carrey so I never like
1: saw any of his movies so I never had an affection for him um it was they also didn't let me watch the simpsons i remember specifically but
0: it, yeah i i, I got that a specific
1: story about that though is like the reason i couldn't watch the simpsons was because My mom saw, like, part of an episode one time, and she saw Bart steal money from his mom's purse, and she was like, no, that's not a good movie. It's not not a good show for you to watch. So I never watched The Simpsons, so I was, like, 21. And, hey, if you've never watched The Simpsons until you're, like, 21 years old, it's a very bad TV show, even the good episodes, and I will stand by that opinion. Futurama is great, but The Simpsons, there's never been a good episode of The Simpsons.
0: That's... Probably the hottest take you've had on this show.
1: Probably, yes. And uh, to be fair, I haven't seen every episode of the Simmons, but but like, I've seen the monorail one that everyone shits their pants over. I think it's bad. I think it's like not funny. And I like Phil Hartman a lot, but it's still like not funny.
0: I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> okay.
1: I mean, I, I, I can't judge too much. Like I said, I love Futurama. I watched Futurama so much that I ended up memorizing the commentary because <laughs> I watched it with
0: the commentary on. Yeah, Futurama rules. Uh, did you ever get to watching Disenchantment? Um, no, because it looked very bad. Uh, so yeah, Jim Carrey. So yes, so yes, yes, my favorite actor. Watch all of those movies. Dumb and Dumber was like the funniest shit. But what you're saying is that your fan, your 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 uh, family, much like Tommy Lee Jones, did not sanction his buffoonery. <laughs> yes, that is this is a no buffoonery household. Although we did
1: watch um, what do you call it, Buckaroo Banzai? And that's a lot of buffoonery in that movie.
0: There's a lot of buffoonery in that movie. I feel so that like was a I lot feel like of time spent on that question. That,
1: I feel like that movie kind of like destroyed my brain as a kid and made me the pretentious piece of shit i am today
0: which is weird because i wouldn't qualify that movie as being pretentious but it's a it's a cult movie it's a it is it's a a movie for specific tastes let's say it's an it's an odd little it's it's like growing
1: up on like uh like it's like growing up on Lutfisk. you know what i mean sure a very a very very midwestern thing (laughs) yes um yes we spent a long time on that on that one question so there's two more questions we're gonna go through them a little quicker i think
0: what are okay. your favorite film scores? Film scores, um, uh, recency bias maybe, but uh, Johan Johansson's score for uh, Mandy, very which good, uh, yes. which people who know me know that that was my favorite movie from last year. I waited a very long time to see it, and uh, yeah, just just it, it it fucking slays that score. But uh, something uh, something in a a little more traditional. I don't listen to scores very much. If I'm being really honest, neither do I. To be fair. But, um, uh, like, a lot of, um, here's, here's kind of a deep one. I, I really like the score for, this is not something that I'll throw on for funsies, but I really like the score to Forbidden Planet. Okay. Which is, like, mostly beep, beeps and boops and theremins and shit. Yeah. And it, it was, like, some, uh, I forget the name of the composers, but it was, like, sort of, a, like... Avant-garde electro shit. That's really cool in context, but again, not something I would like throw on for funsies.
1: Um, The one of those that for me, um, actually, this isn't true because I actually think it's one of the, I think it's the only film soundtrack that I would, well, one of two film soundtracks I would say that's one of the best albums ever made, even though it's a film, is the uh, soundtrack for um, the film The Andromeda Strain, the original one uh, from the 70s. Oh, really? Which has an incredible... Soundtrack. Like, if you haven't heard that, I would highly recommend looking it up. And if I remember correctly, um, the vinyl came in a super weird um, format. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it was by... Um, you would be able to pronounce this, pronounce this French, man, French name way better than me. Guy Millet,
0: I would guess. Uh, I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to pronounce it...
1: Yes, it, it, it came in like, in, like, a folding metal box, essentially.
0: Um, Andromeda Strain. Yeah, it's probably... Uh, uh, it's probably either Gil Gil Millet or Gil Melet. Gotcha.
1: But yeah, that's an incredible soundtrack. I would highly recommend everyone listen to. And then my normie answers are um, basically everything that uh Johnny Greenwood has made, uh, especially sure, like the stuff obviously. for Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, which I think is uh, like some of the best score work working today. And then um, Vangelis' score for Blade Runner, obviously.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome. That's probably one of, my favorite probably one of all throw time for funsies. Yeah. Um, I, I just like offhand like just thought of uh, uh, Miles Davis's score for Elevator to the Gallows. Are, was his score for Hold on? Now I have to look
1: something up. I don't think I don't think it was an actually score. I think it was a it, his Jack Johnson album that was just inspired by the movie, right? It wasn't actually for the movie. I thought he worked the whole thing. Is it? Because I mean that is that is one of the best albums ever made, in my opinion. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Problem is, you get the shitty Jack Johnson when you just Google Jack Johnson.
0: Yeah, yeah, As so on the Shifu is an album by jazz musician Miles Davis. It was recorded in Paris in 1957 and it has the musical cues from the film. So it's a literal ass Miles Davis album. Wait, I think we're looking at something different.
1: I was thinking of like his just like two track album uh Jack Johnson.
0: No, no, I'm I'm talking about his score for Elevators of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, no, I was talking about Louis something Malcolm. different. I was
1: talking about my my stuff cuz I'm cuz that's important. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Being a dick. But uh no, uh no, I meant specifically his cuz there was the documentary about Jack Johnson. And, sure. um, there is the two track album that Miles Davis made about Jack Johnson, which is also called Jack Johnson. And it's incredible. It also has John McLaughlin, Sonny Sherrick, Chick Korea, Herbie Hancock.
0: Like, good Lord. What, what a stacked group. Of those parties. are, all, those are, those are all very good jazz dudes.
1: Yes. Um, but yeah, those, so those are, those are our picks, I guess.
0: And then the final question. Yeah. Is, are you excited for Death Stranding? Um, I mean, For the culture, yes. I don't know if I'm going to play it because I don't play many video games to begin with. Fair. But I'm always, I'm always for like just batshit stuff. And this looks like it's going to be a contender.
1: Yes. Uh, I am 100% ready for it. I actually have a poster of it hanging in my room, an unofficial poster, a bootleg poster. Um, and this is from, I'm, I'm someone who actually thinks that the Metal Gear Solid games are very bad. (laughs) I think they're all pretty fucking awful. Um, but for some reason, Death Stranding, it looks like a walking simulator where you occasionally have to punch things, but you get to walk across places I want to walk across. So that's enough for me in a, in a video game. I am I have very low standards. If you make a very pretty area and I get to walk around in it, I'm probably into your video
0: game. I want I want Hideo Kojima to like publish just like a chapbook of film criticism. God. Because well, I, I I would be really interested in his takes. I think he's like, the weird thing is I think he's
1: actually like really, he likes normie movies. Like he's a normie. Hmm. I don't mean that necessarily
0: as an insult. Um, i mean a lot i mean this show is basically a pin to the fact that a lot of these normal movies are yes, good. yeah certainly but
1: yeah um death stranding i'm definitely excited for it. it i'm gonna get it day one i'm really surprised it's not gonna be a next gen game which i was 100 certain it was going to be what's it coming out on it's coming out on ps4 and xbox uh, one switch gets shafted again yeah I was gonna say, it's, 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 there's no way that things you guys are lucky enough you that have got to...
0: Doom to work on switch let alone death stranding my 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 big game that's coming up is going to be Animal Crossing New Horizons in March. And there's so many that's good my fucking big thing. games. That's and what up, I'm looking forward to. There's
1: that Animal Crossing. I need to buy a Switch because I need to play new Pokemon. Because of yeah. Wooloo. Have you see- Wooloo Gang. Wooloo Gang is, he's, Wooloo is the best Pokemon I've ever seen. I will not accept any criticism on that. But um, And then obviously Animal Crossing. I love Animal Crossing. And Isabelle's back. The character in Animal Crossing. Not just me. You don't have Isabelle in a game and then not bring her back. Exactly. Um, she's back from Smash for a second to be in that in that great great work of art. There's a lot of good movies yeah, go out. I'm really excited. Movies, well, uh, also games, a lot of good whatever the fuck, a lot of good video games. Yeah, we've already been recording for um, like four hours, and we still have like another podcast to record. So,
0: yeah, this is going to be
1: this, was this is going to be a, be the short episode. Of a regular oh, episode.
0: God. This is going to be
1: anyway, whatever. It doesn't um, matter. Plugs, plugs. At Space Jam uh, fan and the Traps Jaw Letterbox. That's me.
0: Yes, Derek underscore G on Twitter and Letterboxderekgotty.com for everything else. If you want to spend a uh, lot
1: of time on your questions, send an email to
0: Madness at gmail.com. Yes, and um, I think that's everything, right? Oh, uh, at Noise Space XYZ, our show, other shows, uh, get on it. Uh, uh, run by my, our buddy Matt. He just released an episode of his They Might Be Giants podcast covering the excellent album Apollo, uh, Apollo 18. It's fucking great shout out to trevor who's on that show as well um yeah i think that's everything cool swag okay so bye <laughs> I think, I, oh i guess well, i guess we have a
1: catchphrase don't we
0: we have a way to sign up uh i've been isabel arf and i've been derek god i have movies be jolly have movies be jolly good night good night